Hola, Vanessa. Hello, Michael. I've been watching the Democratic debates. Okay. <laughs> hey, what do you get? What do you get when you take a dog that's 41 inches at the shoulders, who's 220 pounds, who roams your property, mm-hmm. and hears neighbor kids mocking him? A stupid yellow tag from the Norton Shores Police Department on your front door. That tells you to call 911 when you get home. Yes. And that is why our 911 tax needed to increase. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. So tell our listeners what they're going to learn today. Oh, you're just diving right in, huh? Do you want to talk more about the dogs and how you were going to storm over there with the dog in tow to the neighbor and knock on the door and say, hey, you want to go into that? No. I mean, I was pretty livid, actually. Pretty? I was very livid. There was nothing pretty about it. (laughs) I was about ready to go take one of those poop bags and put it on his front porch. If you've ever seen the movie Inside Out... And you got the <laughs> the guy in the brain. The red guy. The, that was anger. you. Anger. Anger. Well, that's the whole point anger. of that movie. That was anger. You, you've got your anger. Big. Yes. Big guy. You feed the anger too much. I'm sorry, but nine months ago, his wife is trouncing through our yard with her dogs, not on a leash. Uh-huh. And they're mad at us. Glad. And I'm not even the one that yelled at her. Your mom did. Glass house. Whatever. No one's perfect. Have a conversation. Don't call the cops. They can't have a conversation. The dog's too big and scary. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> they can't get up here. Right. Although, again, your your anger was because we've caught these kids uh, taunting mocking, him. Yeah, taunting him. Going, you know, on the other side of the fence when you're protected. And, and these are high schooler kids. These aren't like. Like they know better. Yeah, they're not, you know, with their little tricycle out there. I mean, they may. They're kind of unique individuals okay no they know better and they taunt my dog and then their dad has the cojones to call it cops right yeah anyways can we move on we sure can we're going to talk about income inequality the ability to save and what does it all mean and is it really 
All right. So let's dive into now we maybe not necessarily income inequality, but the lack of wage increasing, according to but news the, stations. the political, you know, talking points. Yes. Say it's income inequality. Correct. And our last show we titled dangerously close to being political. Oh, it was political. I'm OK with that. I don't think it was. But anyways. Continue. We dove into uh, increase of wages and decrease to unemployment. And was it just going all to higher income households? We talked about how it is not a Republican talking point to use stock market growth as a symbol to a improving economy. Right. Because everybody does that across the board. Yeah. We showed that we, we brought you a video with at least a half a dozen clips when President Obama was running for re-election. Correct. Where he used those same, again, talking points. Right. So that's not political. No. But we did find an article, and, and we intended to go over it, and then we shot the show last week and go, oh. We didn't even get to that. And it was it's a it's a article titled, Are Wages Rising or Flat? by factcheck.org. Now, by the way, when I see a, a website called factcheck.org, there are two things that I do not immediately assume. Number one, because it ends in .org does not mean it's any more credible than a website that doesn't end in .org. Right. It just means .com was taken. <laughs> right. And .net was gone. And I, I am a little bit skeptical of a, of a website that has to say fact check. Right. And their, their tagline, by the way, Factcheck.org is celebrating 15 years of holding politicians accountable. Oh, yeah. A project of the Annenberg Public Policy Center. Nobody knows what that is, but yeah. let's dive in. So bring us into one of the uh, Democratic presidential candidates. Your Senator favorite. Bernie Sanders, the guy you like to call Santa Claus. Which, by the way, let's pause there. Why does he always look so disheveled? After, like in any public appearance, like I swear he looks like he just woke up from a nap. <laughs> Are you basing this off the fact that one of his aides had to help him fix his <laughs> comb over? That and he does. He, I, I'm not nothing negative about he, the guy in that sentence. But he, he, does, he looks like he rolled out of bed to show up to the debate. Right. He just always. But anything. He Rumble. always looks like. All right. I just found out where I'm at. I'm here. Right. Anyway, he told somebody at CNN for the... CNN's Aaron Burnett. Oh, I didn't know if we could name names or not, but Aaron Burnett. For the last 45 years, the average American today has not seen a nickel more in real wages than he or she got 45 years ago. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> this has been... And then also, to be fair, in this, um, in this article, it also talks about how Trump said the same thing. He said, these are uh, the same career politicians who presided over decades of flat wages. And we're going to dig on a, on a future show about does Amazon really pay any taxes? Because that's been a big talking point. Huge talking but point. Almost just as big has been this whole flat wages thing. Right. And there is some truth to it, isn't there? A bit. Yeah. Because when we look at the chart and this is using statistical data, these aren't opinions, right? Right. Now, it does go over a typical worker, um, but they're defining that here as non or inflation adjusted private sector for production and non-supervisory uh, employees. Right. 
So it peaks. Earnings, and I don't think we need to go in exact dollars. No. But it peaks in the 1970s. Um, and then it goes to a low of around 260 in January of 1996. But it's climbed back to... Um, 315. In today's dollars. Correct. Or I'm sorry, not in today's dollars, today. Right. But all wage figures cited in this story, so in this factcheck.org, um, are calculated. And so this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But it's calculated, so we have a even playing form, by the way. Playing mm-hmm. form, playing platform. Playing field. Field would work, too. Yes. Court. So that we have something to compare to, if you will, in 1982-84 dollars. Okay. So, yes. So if we do that, if we adjust average work uh, weekly earnings, according to this article, for rank-and-file workers, it's 330 in 1974. It's 315 today. So he is accurate that we haven't seen a raise. Correct. However, it's adjusting that for inflation. Yes. Which then you would have to ask. Now, some things have gone, have not increased with inflation, right? Like healthcare has increased at a faster rate than inflation. Right. Technology has not, though. Actually, I think it's gone down. Yeah. Think about what a computer would have cost you in the 1980s. Right. Thousands of dollars. Or when? In 1980s dollars. Correct. So if I use this in 1980s dollars, and we look at the average worker was somewhere in the high 200s, it was like six, seven, maybe eight weeks worth of wages, worth of labor right. to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So if it was seven weeks at 40 hours a week, it was 280 hours of labor to pay for a computer. Right. Whereas you can pretty much buy a laptop for like 300 bucks now. One week's worth of labor. Correct. So there are things that have gotten cheaper. Right. I mean, not all computers are that cheap. No. But if you just need a baseline for minor things, then that's a pretty big difference. But again, it's it's talking about average wages here. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people that are just starting out in their career. Yep. You're going to have people midway through their career. Yep. And you're going to have people at the end. Yes. Now, don't answer this because we're going to take a break. So when we talk about the average weekly earnings of production and non-supervisory employees, is that saying that as somebody as somebody moves through their career, they're not making more money? Is that saying that? Be careful with statistics. I'm cutting you off because I see you're about to answer. I wasn't going to answer. I was going to say, and I guess we'll find out after the break. Nice job, Ryan Seacrest. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back, everybody, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. 
Would you care to repeat the question? No. I want to tell people that you can connect with us. Uh, oh, excuse me. Talk I'm with sorry. Us. Join us in the social Twitter sphere at Fireproof Show. On Twitter.com. Yes. Now, we did actually have somebody comment on Facebook. So don't go to Facebook because that's, we, we don't use it. And that's we have a, a Facebook? We do not. They went to the company Facebook. So it's it's taken us five months to see your comment, by the way. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a company Facebook. Neither did I. That's nice. Was it a nice comment or a bad comment? They called you a know-it-all and said that I have bad stories. Oh, well, fine. Whatever. And that we had too many commercials. Can't help that. <laughs> Everyone wants to advertise. How can we? <laughs> anyway. All right. And he was a millennial, so it doesn't surprise me that you didn't like us. Because you know what? This whole millennial rhetoric about your student loans preventing you from saving is tired and overstated. It's a crutch. And I'm going to cue you in on something. I'm not offended. You should try it. (laughs) Being a know-it-all? No, just not being offended. Like something new and unusual for America these days. I did think about responding and go, I see you're not. (laughs) I see you don't listen that often because we said to connect with us on Twitter. Yeah, I thought of that too. And then I thought, (laughs) and I shouldn't be saying this one on the air because I'll probably really get a lot of fan mail. But I thought about saying, I see you're not married because when you are married, you'll know that your wife is definitely a (laughs) know-it-all. Well, anyway, what was the question you posed before the break? The question is, when we look at these average earnings, we're talking about the average weekly earnings of production and non-supervisory of employees, right? Mm-hmm. And we've shown that now, yes, Senator Bernie Sanders is kind of correct that, not but he's kind of correct, he's statistically correct. In 45 years, right, from aver- point A to point B, the average worker has not seen a nickel of increase. And I asked, does that mean that if somebody is moving on in their career, they're not making more? No. So let's break it down this way. Again, let's, I want you to think of this. Imagine it. And I want you to think of it, um, I don't know, like a, a group of people on a football field. Not playing football, but just visually. Okay. okay? And I put a third on the left, you know, left uh, end zone. Okay. I put a third in the middle. And I put a third all the way to the right end zone. And I'm not saying that the labor you know, population is broken up into third, third, thirds, but it, it kind of sort of is. It's going to be pretty close. Mm-hmm. And you can argue with me, but and go, well, the baby boomer generation is going to be all the way over to the right. Um, the millennial generation, depending on what uh, stat and who defines when it started, when it ends, is either just bigger or just smaller than the baby boomer generation. Correct. So it's also a big generation. So I've got these, I got these groups all the way on the left, all the way in the middle, all the way in the right. Now, if average earnings... Weekly earnings adjusted for inflation are today what they were 45 years ago. Mm-hmm. Number one, that is not net necessarily a negative talking point. Right. Because it's saying that you have just as much purchasing power today as you did then. Right. Hmm. So you haven't gone backwards. We often talk about how they've gone backwards and how that's gotten left behind. We would argue that maybe some of that's gone backwards and got left behind because of increased consumption such as like subscription models and amazon and netflix and cable coffee every day cell phones yes that maybe once people didn't used to use as much right but this doesn't mean that somebody moving on in their career isn't making more because as they go from all the way on the left side as they go to the middle okay 
they're making more income, mm-hmm. right? And what that also would mean is somebody on the very far right who has now aged out. They've retired. Yep. They go away. Somebody from the middle goes to the right mm-hmm. and a new person comes on the left. Correct. Now that person that went from the left to the middle, they're making more, but the average wage, because I got rid of a high earner on the right and I put another low earner on the left, the average wage did not move. Right. And then as that person from the middle moves to the right, because they're aging into their career, they're getting more um, experience and they're more valuable. That average is going to increase a little bit. For No, that worker increases. Right. The worker does. But the I, average stays the same. But I, yeah, exactly. Because I got rid of another far right. As somebody from the middle moves to the far right, a far right leaves and a new far left appears or emerges, comes in. Right. So your average didn't move. Mm-hmm. So that does not mean that workers aren't making more. It would mean in that example, the average worker isn't. But people at in, in order for the average to maintain the same with the if you agree with this point before I get upset about it, what it would mean. Do you agree with this point that somebody with 20 years experience in manufacturing? I don't know manufacturing in construction. That's what you're in. Yep. Somebody with 20 years of glazing experience. Do they make more on an hourly basis? Do you hire them at a higher rate than somebody with two years? Absolutely. And I don't know that that happens in manufacturing. I would assume that with experience, and maybe it's not as profound as what it once was. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not as big of a gap as what you would like to see it be. And maybe it's not just on the hourly, but also some of the ancillary benefits that they provide. Right. Well, I would also like to point something out, being somebody that hires people on a regular basis. I think the best advice that I ever got from my Aunt Mickey was, because she's in HR and she hires mm-hmm. people too. She doesn't even bother to look at a resume if there are more than three jobs in five years. Yeah. And I cannot tell you the number of resumes that I have looked at that have five, six, seven jobs in five years. You're not going to get a wage increase right. if you can't hold a job. And does that generation rhyme with millennial? Yes. <laughs> now, also for the wage increases, because we got to take a quick break though. They peaked in the 70s. They bottomed out in 1996. Mm-hmm. They've increased something like, if I'm looking at a weekly basis, again, adjusted for inflation, at they're about, nine, I think I actually saw it in here, 19.7% greater. Right. That's adjusted for inflation. You've got 19.7% greater purchasing power. So if you were born in the mid-70s and you entered this working environment in the mid-90s, you've actually seen a great increase Absolutely. to your purchasing power. Mm-hmm. It's the people who were born in the 50s and they saw the peak at the beginning of their career. I understand how hard this must be to look at that. And for them, I think they have seen a decrease in purchasing power. Right. And it's just now probably maybe getting back up to where it was when they started. But you know what? People here locally who were the steel case people in the Hayworth, and I'm sure there are others. The thousands of factories in Muskegon that no longer exist. I know that they're making not even adjusted for inflation 30%, 40% less, some 50% mm-hmm. less than what they did 30 years ago. Right. And so we're not discrediting your experiences. This is the problem when we talk about averages. Right. It doesn't look at the whole picture. No, it looks at the whole picture. Well, it doesn't look at the individual picture. It simplifies the whole picture. Yes, absolutely. It just doesn't break it down into groups that it should. And then it discredits sometimes the feelings, maybe. Like, on average, a Great Dane will live six to nine years, but our first Great Dane died at four. There you go. So, on average, English Massifs lives 
six to eight years. Ours, ours is 13. Just to spite you. <laughs> now, when we come back, we're actually going to dig into some information about millennials. Um, I get it. We're sick and tired of hearing about millennials, but I'm telling you right now, it is not your student loans that prevent you from saving. And if you're the mom and dad of a millennial, let me tell you, it is not their student loans that has them in your basement. Stop doing their laundry. Stop not charging them rent. And stop making them food. Take a quick break. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Do you deserve an A on your financial report card, or are you just winging it? The nonprofit International Association of Registered Financial Consultants knows that proper planning results in a positive performance. Their members are experienced, ethical professionals who can help you develop and implement a financial plan successfully. Visit www.iarfc.org to find a member in your area today. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. Unlike our Facebook reviews, we do have fun with you. Yes, we do. And we are very appreciative to be with you that you have us on. And I will say the guy broke down our show per minute, like per number of minutes we spent on everything. So we did respond that we were very delighted that he listened to it in its entirety. He like, did? He like, went that extensively yeah, into like, it? Like you hate the show, but you listen to all 30 minutes. I thought that was interesting. All right. Huh. Let's jump in. So here's an article I, we, we broke with before break. We said student loan debt is not preventing millennials from saving. It's not. Right. It's a behavior. It's a choice. And by the way, is this any different than if you're in your 50s or 60s right now? No. It's not. I'm just, I just want to point out before you dive into this that the title of this article is Millennials Are at yep. Risk of Having to Work into Their 60s and 70s. What do people do now? You're right. Oh, no. Right. Oh, no. What do people do now? They work into their 60s and 70s for the love of Jude. Here's, here's a new title. Millennials are at risk of having to pack their own lunch. Oh. <laughs> Anyway. Millennials at risk of only having two cars. Jeez. Millennials at risk okay. of having to mow right. their own yard. You only have so much time. Continue. All right. Millennials are at risk of having to work into their 60s and 70s. A real nail biter here by CNBC. Key points. More than half are undersaving by more than four times their annual salaries. The reasons include, by the way, these aren't scientific reasons. No, this is just a talking point. This is what they cited. You know that's they probably did a survey, and here's what the respondents cited as the reason why they can't. Right. Because the reasons include student loan repayments and buying their first homes. And I'm not going to read through this whole thing, but they have a chart in here, how much people make and how much they save. And they show under 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50 to 60. So 10-year increments, right? Yep. Okay. And then they have it charted out by... Income chunks. Yeah. Under 30, 30 to 60, 60 to 90, 90 to 120, 120 plus. I, I don't expect you to remember all that. Let's go to the extremes though. You know, the under 30, okay? And it shows the under $30,000 um, of income 
the two, and I just want to look at, I'm going to ignore the 40 to and older. I'm just, let's just look at under 30, the two categories, under 30 and 30 to 40. Yes. If we look at making under 30,000, how much are they saving? Just round numbers. About four and a half versus 5%. Yeah. And if we get to the 30 to 60 income, it's like mid five. So can, can we just use five, just 5% yep. at 30,000? Yep. So they're saving $1,500 a year. Mm-hmm. Now go to over 120,000 and that number for those first two groups jumps to how much are they saving? About 10%. And if I go 90 to 120, it's like eight and a half. Yeah. So let's call it nine. Yeah. Just make it simple. So nine on 120, right? Yep. Is 10,800. So $10,800 of saving mm-hmm. versus 1,500. It's a nine, let's call it $9,000 difference. Okay. But it's a $90,000 gross income difference. Yep. So if I, if I take out now, if that's a married couple, this doesn't tell me if this is couples. I, I don't know. I would have to imagine some are couples. Right. So that's still a 12% federal tax bracket, though, for a married couple. Yes. Add on state. You know, I, I'm I'm going to make it really simple. Let's say a third. A third in taxes. That's absurd. I'm being, you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Make it a third. So they make $90,000 more before taxes. Yes. $60,000 more if I account for a third in taxes which at 12% federal, four state, it's wrong. Right. A third, $60,000 more income. Yet they only saved $9,000 more. So that's 50,000, if I take out that savings, that's $50,000 of additional income. Are you telling me that somebody, that the, this millennial right here that's making 120 versus the one who's making 30, are you telling me that they have close to over $4,000 a month in increased, or they pay $4,000, a little bit more than $4,000 a month more in student loans. No. Maybe a thousand. Possibly. And, and not, that's not total, by the way. That's $1,000 more than that person making 30. Right. Maybe it's $2,000 more. That's absurd. Maybe. Maybe it's $3,000 more absurd right but even if it was two thousand dollars a month more and they wanted to and the thing preventing them from saving because that's the that's the crux in this article right that's the point that it's the student loan that's preventing them from saving now they also said home ownership but are you really telling me that it's more expensive to own a home on a monthly basis than it is to rent because it's not. Correct. It's cheaper with today's interest rates. Correct. A mortgage payment. I actually just heard something on the radio about a lady complaining. Yeah. About. Were we in the car together? No, but we were probably listening to the same thing. See, we were. And she's talking about moving back with her dad for six months instead of paying the thousand dollars a month in rent because she can get a decent home for like five hundred dollars a month. So why waste the money? Mm hmm. So what you're telling, so the house part's out of the question then because it's just as much, it's more expensive to rent. Right. So if student loan debt is what's preventing them from saving, then we would see a much, much higher rate of savings. Without it. With, no, at this 120. yeah. Because even if they're paying $3,000, so they got four to work with, if they're paying three of it, to 
additional student loan debt. That's absurd. Right. Absurd. But even if that's the case, that would give them an extra $1,000 a month to save. Mm-hmm. That would double their savings rates. Right. And if they only had two grand a month of additional student loan payment, they'd have $2,000 a month to save. Right. If that if that was the only thing preventing them. Well, what's that tell us? That's not the only thing preventing Correct. them. Correct. It's definitely not the only it's thing. It's a choice. And it's a political talking point. But you know what? At the same point, if you hear everyone saying, oh, this poor generation, they can't save. They can. Maybe at some point you start to hear it and believe it too. And maybe at some point that erodes at the self, the personal accountability that you should be making different choices. Maybe at some point that makes it to where you don't think you need to get a second job to make the savings that you want, that it's not your fault that you don't have the upward mobility, that it's somebody else's. It's not somebody else's. It's your own. So maybe you should play a video to show them how to do that. We don't have time. That's because you ranted for entirely too long. So now we missed our cute little movie. Well, like they said on Facebook, I talk too much and my stories are dumb. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's so funny. Well, it's because I'm a millennial. On that bombshell, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.